I have to start off by admitting where I was wrong because it doesn't happen that often, especially when I'm talking to Brett. But it happens a lot, actually. Go I have to, you know, keep it 100 with everybody listening right now. And I was wrong. We didn't sweep the Celtics. We won in five. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a great one. We surely are. I'm having a unforgettable day, if you might say, because I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles has been daydreaming about this day for years. What day could I possibly be talking about? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The day has come. The writing is on the wall. I don't want to be dramatic, but I think it's safe to say that the crumbling of this supposed Celtics new era dynasty, the walls are finally starting to come down. Yes. There has been chaos in the streets. Logos have been stomped. Love it. Order bottles have been thrown. Fuck him. People have been cursing. Tears have been shed. No. And all and through it all, the nets have risen to the next level. I don't want to be dramatic, but a change has come. I think we are finally out of the shadow of the Billy King trade era, even before we win the chip. Once we win the chip, it's officially done. But with this first round exit of the Boston Celtics by the hands of our beloved Brooklyn Nets, and with the news today that Danny Ainge is probably going to step down from president of basketball operations, Brad Stevens will step down as coach and take his place as president of basketball operations, and a new head coach search will be on the horizon. It's over. It's over. It's <laughs> That was a pop-up on CBS. That's fucking hilarious. Those emotions. I'm keeping that in. Um, wow. It's over, guys. <laughs> so, we're both feeling really good. I have to start off by admitting where I was wrong because it doesn't happen that often, especially when I'm talking to Brett, but it happens a lot. Actually, I have to, you know, keep it a hundred with everybody listening right now. And I was wrong. We didn't sweep the Celtics. We won in five. We didn't sweep the Celtics. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little upset about that, but go ahead. I'll talk about that later from, for two reasons I'm a, that, that, that hurts one Give props where it's due. Jason Tatum had an all-time Celtics playoff performance, which if you know the history of the NBA, that is saying something. So props to Jason Tatum in game three for doing that. Props. No sarcasm, no hate. That was an amazing game he had. Amazing game. Shout out to JT. 
and, and Celtics fans got mad at me because I was saying, wow, somebody checked Tatum's back because he carried the team. And, and so I wasn't giving props to Smart or Tristan Thompson. Listen, our offensive rebounding has been a problem all season. So I'm not giving Tristan Thompson props for something that's been a problem no matter who is in the paint with us. But Tatum had dropped 50 and they only won by six. And a lot of people took issue with me saying they only won by six. If we got blown out and he dropped 50, I'd be scared. But the fact that he had to have such a great game and to win by single digits was telling to me. And on top of that, it was not Kyrie's best game. Yeah, I'm about to say, not only did he drop 50 and was phenomenal, by the way, I was in the building watching that game. And the whole time I said, yo, man, this this guy's the real deal. So not only did he have a great game, not only did Marcus Smart have a great game, but we didn't play well. And we yeah. still only lost by six. So I wasn't, I was at no point worried about this series. Um, I was just mad about that game. But continue. Oh, and I'm just sitting here now, the day after we have eliminated the Boston Celtics in the first round of the NBA playoffs, the 2021 NBA playoffs, seven years later, because it was the 2014 playoffs where we had. Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. We didn't have Brooke Lopez. It was it was one of the Plumlee brothers that we all got hyped about. So after that trade, it was a nuclear wasteland. We had no future, nothing to speak of. This is the day where we need to give Sean Marks his flowers because not only are we the favorites in most fans' eyes to win it all this, this year, but the, the beginning of the playoff was – the Boston Celtics, the team we made the trade with, the team that we gave the franchise to, the team that we gave a dynasty to with Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Sorry, he's hurt. Like, that just sucks. That I, I'm not going to praise or, or insult the team for injury. It sucked that Kemba Walker got hurt too. But we were supposed to win regardless if they were even at full health. Not only did we have to play them, the Celtics, we have Kai, a guy who spurned the Celtics to come home to the Nets, a Nets fan that hurt the Celtics heart because who doesn't want to be a Celtic? He has Kendrick Perkins butt hurt saying, oh, I, I, who, who talks about racism in Boston? Like racism in Boston's a new topic in the world of sports. If you're going to make that argument, either you haven't listened to what Bill Russell has ever said and, and you haven't listened to what Marcus Smart has ever said, and that's a legendary Celtic and a current Celtic. So I'm just going to throw that out there for that BS. But it, it was crazy going into the going into Boston and hearing all the talk about oh well, Kyrie always has to make a headline or whatever. He was asked about fans. Fans were sp- spilling popcorn and spitting on players. So he was asked about fans in Boston, and he answered pretty much a generic answer about Boston that there, some of the fans can be racist, but that subtle racism that's not even new. That happens at hockey games. That's happened at baseball games. It happens at basketball games. And then those same fans got so butthurt when he stomped on that stupid logo. And I want to let everybody know. I want to, I'm I'm talking for Nets fans now, not just me for all Nets fans. If you're a Nets fan and you had a problem with Kyrie did to that logo, fuck you, get over it. That's it. Because that's what sports is. He didn't spit on a fan. He didn't curse out a, a, a fan. He went to the logo and stomped on it. And for KG and, and and Perkins and all these players to be acting like that's the most disrespected, it's unacceptable, yada, yada, yada. Real talk, Richard Jefferson said it best. KG did worse in the league. 
I just, I'm not even hating on KG. He's one of my favorite players. But let's stop acting like stomping on that logo. Hey, KG, K, let, me, let, me, let me just say this. I wouldn't have said this on any other pod, but our pod is obviously rated PG-13, if not rated R sometimes. KG told Car- Carmelo that Lala tasted like Honey Nut Cheerios. KG told a, a player whose mom just passed away days before. He said, yo, happy Mother's Day. KG has... And again, I love KG. Uh, he is, you know, the big ticket. He gave you heart. He never cheated you. He played hard every night. He was a trash talker amongst trash talkers. And he was psychotic. He really was psychotic. He always took it. Like I said, he always took it there. And I get how much Boston means to him. Boston means to his legacy. Boston means to his career. I, I get it. He's the one that kissed the logo um, before the finals. I get all that. But for him to act like stepping on a logo that gets stepped on hundreds of times during a game already, just because somebody purposely did it. And I want to shout out somebody on Twitter for saying this. You know, you're mad at somebody for stepping on a logo that already gets stepped on just because he did it on purpose and did it 50% harder than he would normally do. Like that's 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 ridiculous to me. It's like, yo, like, look, like, that's the that's the pot calling the kettle black. Oh, and one of my Celtics fans who was really butthurt after that tried bringing up when uh, T.O. did it and he didn't like it then, which, by the way, bullshit. Because my friend who's a Celtics fan that said he, that brought up T.O. was also an Eagles fan. So I know for a fact when T.O. was a Niner and ran to the star, you loved it. Mm-hmm. I, so I don't want to hear all these fans acting like this is the most outrageous, disrespectful thing that Kyrie could have did. I loved it. Stop on that stupid logo and have fun. And I, I hope you watch that replay while you're sitting on your couch, Celtics fans, because you're not going to be watching your team anymore. And, and, by, and by the way, by the way, I, I, I hate to snitch on you, Kai. I hate to snitch on you. He stepped on that thing like 50 times. <laughs> That's just the one time people caught him. He moonwalked on it, I think, in game three. I was crying. He he stepped on it almost every chance he got. Usually it was like during free throws or whatever when he's walking back. As he would pass, he would make sure he, you know, stepped on the face and, and rubbed the shoe. But and I loved every part of it. Yeah, if you're gonna boo me, if you're gonna say F me, if you're gonna say all this stuff, people were wearing Kyrie's Adu shirts. Like, if you're gonna say all that stuff, yeah, step on the stupid logo. And here's the thing, I get it. I'm a Steelers fan. I remember when TJ Hushmanzada uh, stepped on the terrible towel, and I hated it. I remember when the Titans used the terrible towel to shine their shoes and stuff like that, and I hated it. Um, and, but I also said I also would never throw a water bottle at them. I, you know what I said every time? I said, oh, okay, y'all going to get got. Yeah, God, you never spit on anybody. Right. God don't like ugly. And sure enough, uh, the Bengals lost their first-round playoff game that year. The Titans lost their first-round playoff game that year. Yeah, but to your point, this is sports. He stepped on a logo that gets stepped on regularly and in front of a crowd that was treating him hostily. And I'm not hating on the Boston crowd. That's what we want from sports. With the exception of the of the bottle throw, the crowd was great that, that, that first game. Let's yeah, oh, no, the crowd was the crowd was phenomenal. I mean, they they even had they even had like some jokes in there that that we even laughed at. It was like, all right, you know, they, okay, that was funny. That they was were funny. chanting "fuck you, Kyrie" a couple times, and that was getting picked up clear as day on TV. Which I was just kind of like, wow, you guys are just gonna let that rock. You know what I mean? I know it's well, they, hard I'm, to snap a whole crowd, but damn, yeah, but they can't, they can't. But but it's you know it's they you know they the fans besides the water ball throwing they did what they're supposed to do. You know, I'm not mad at the fans at, at all. 
do do that. Oh my, yeah. Overall, my, 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 there, was three assholes. there was three assholes so far in the round run. Everybody else has been cool. There's well, been four because four, the guy ran on the court in the Wizards game. Oh yeah, okay, four assholes, which ain't bad, you know, by by math. Like that's that only four assholes. Okay. But, but my, my 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 point is again, as a Steelers fan, as somebody who's who's dealt with stuff like that before, um, I get why people would get upset. But I also say it's different because, again, the terrible towel isn't supposed to be used the way people used it when they were disrespecting it. So that's why I said, oh, wow, word, that's how you're going to do us? Cool. You stepping on our logo, I'm like, bro, okay. Like, like, who gives? Who cares? Um, You know, you see that happen in sports all the time. I remember when Baker planted the flag at Ohio State, and I loved it because I hate Ohio State and I love Oklahoma. So when Baker Mayfield circled around with the flag and planted it in – in Ohio State's O, I was all for it. I was all for it. I love it. That's trash talking. That's clean, harmless trash talking. You're not. You're not hurting nobody. Yeah. No, you- amen, man. And let's get into some of these numbers in the Brooklyn Boston series. Brooklyn wins four one. The series leaders for both teams. Jason Tatum, I think, led all scorers with thirty point six points per game. 5.8 rebounds and 4.6 assists. The Nets leader was the Beard, 27.8 points per game, 7.2 rebounds per game, and 10.6 assists per game. Now, I'm going to jump ahead to game five because game five, he was amazing. He was, what, the only only the second net all time to have a, tri- a triple-double in the playoffs. He, what was, uh, I'm trying to bring up his actual numbers now. The, the final game, the closeout game, was phenomenal. You saw the big three in full effect. Every win, you saw them in full effect. But game five, when the Celtics cut it close, to, like cut the lead to eight points in the fourth quarter, and the announcers were like, hey, if you can put the pressure on the Nets and have them, you know, have to make a shot at the end, they're going to be the ones feeling all the pressure. And then what happens? Boom, boom, boom. The big three hit consecutive threes all from the same spot to ice out the game. Just awesome kevin durant had 24 points and three blocks four rebounds and three assists kai had 25 points one block and three assists and three boards a couple of those boards were very noticeable i'm surprised he only had three because i guess all three i just remember and where the, where the hell is james harden oh there he is 34 points 10 assists 10 boards and nine of those boards were defensive rebounds. James Harden has been playing hungry. I have not seen the James Harden that we were warned about that disappears in the playoffs. I haven't seen that from anybody. Kai had a bad game. There was never a question about him trying the, the shots were just weren't sinking and he couldn't get into the flow in the first half. So he ended up having what, like eight points in that first half in the one win the Celtics had every other game the big three has been on point. And in this game five, you got to give Joe Harris his props. He finished the game with six assists and he was playmaking. All six of those assists were, at least in my memory, came from him getting the ball at the three, pump faking, driving, drawing uh, pressure, and then dishing it back out and making the right play or dishing it into the paint to Claxton or Blake Griffin. Joe Harris did what he needs to do when his shots aren't sinking. If we play like this, if Claxton plays as aggressive as he played in the second half last night, I'm not worried. I know we got the Bucks next. I know that's going to be probably the toughest series in the East, all playoffs. 
but I still feel confident. How do you feel about last night's game? How do you feel going in to the next round against Milwaukee? Um, I was very happy about last night's win. I was very, I will say this. Um, the only thing that's scaring me is this game three, I saw it, parts of game four, I saw it, parts of game five, I saw it. James Harden has been phenomenal since he's been in Brooklyn. I was very skeptic about the trade. I am no longer skeptic about the trade. He has been everything we could have asked for in a bag. And then some. He's phenomenal. When he's our leading scorer, we're, we're not good. We, we need him to be point guard James Harden, not, not Houston's James Harden, where it's the dribble in between the legs 25 times, step back three, or dribble between the legs 25 times, and then finally pass the ball with five seconds on the shot clock. That's what hurt us in game three. When our offense is stagnant, that's usually what's hurting us in game four and game five. We need to go back to him being point guard James Harden, our third scorer, not our not our leading scorer or our second scorer. Not, not because not because he can't score, but the way he scores the ball, the way he dribbles the ball and and lulls the defense to sleep, and then does his step back or does his move afterwards or passes the ball. That's not good for our offense. We saw it against Boston where they're not as good of a defensive team as they used to be, especially with Jalen Brown out. But we saw it in game three. We saw it in parts in game four. We saw it in parts of game five. When the offense is those three guys going ISO the whole time, we're not that good offensively. It's a, it's a lot easier to defend us, especially when they're ISOing and holding the ball for 15 seconds before they're making their move. When the ball moves, when they run plays, I, I mean, again, I've been, I've been at four to five games. I, you see it. People are wide open every time because you have to be. You have three guys that no matter what, you have to stay connected to. There were plays everybody knew Bruce Brown was diving to the basket and still two, three guys were staying on KD or James Harden and Bruce Brown was getting wide open layups because you have to, you have to let Bruce Brown beat you. You have to let Joe Harris be wide open for threes. You have no choice. You have zero choice. And I'm saying that to say against, we got away with it against Boston in a couple of times. I don't think we're going to get away with that in Milwaukee. I don't think we're going to get away with that against Philly. We have to play basketball when James Harden is playing pure point guard where he's looking to get everybody involved where the ball is moving where players are moving when when you're making the defense have to make decisions and I think we saw that last night in game five and to, to, to I agree with everything you said I just think that last night's win last night's game we saw the adjustments that you wanted to see there was better defensive uh rotations and switches and the kind of offense that you want that you just described from James Harden was being ran last night. He was the leading scorer last night. It, well, hold on. It was being run in the second half. In the first half, when the game was close, he was our leading <clears throat> He was our leading scorer, and he and it was still some of that stuff. That's and that's what I'm saying. Parts of game five, parts of game four, I still saw it. And what's scaring me is we didn't see that from James Harden all year. And I'm wondering if now that the playoffs are happening. I'm wondering if now his mindset has changed. Like, oh, I want to prove that I can win the championship. I want to prove that I can do it. Maybe. I, I, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't, but my point, but my point is James Harden. I know. I, I mean, I'm, let's be real. He's not listening, but if you do hear this, James Harden, you are phenomenal. You are, if we're going to call you a point guard, you are the best point guard in the league. You, we are at our best when you are running the offense and getting everybody involved. Cause that's what happened in, in game five. I mean, game three, Joe Harris only had like seven points. Bruce Brown had like two. Blake Griffin had zero. Kai didn't have, Kai had a bad game, but he also didn't even take that many shots. So he couldn't even get out of a rhythm. Like, you know what I mean? Like we can't play like that. We are way too predictable. And once we play better teams in the East that have better defenders, we we're, we're playing right into their hands if we if we think we're going to be able to just give it to one of our big three and have them go isolation every time down the floor. No, run your plays, move the ball, have player movement, and these others, the others are going to have wide open shots all game. And then you're also going to give your big three better one-on-one matchups all game. That's, yeah. all, that's all I want to do. But at the beginning of the, the first half last night, he James Harden had to be old James Harden because he was the only one that was cooking and he was cooking. He scored the first six points for Brooklyn. So it's a catch 22. I agree with you that he, that he is best running the, the point guard yeah, position. But again, we were only, it was only like, I think it was only what six points at half. We, but when we finally started, when we finally started pulling away towards the, cause remember it was a closed game. It was one of those weird games where we felt we were up 20, but we were only up like 10 or 8 every Yeah, yeah. And, and in the first half, Kevin Durant missed a couple mid-range shots that he never misses. So I, I hear you, and I agree with you. It, like, as far as the mindset going forward, I'm 100% with you. I just think last night, Game 5, was one of the weird instances of where James Harden was doing what you wanted him to do in the sense of how he was running the point guard position, because when he is the main scorer and he draws those double teams, we're, we're going to win Kevin Durant or Kyrie open with, with single coverage is, is, is murder. And we saw it last night. You know what I mean? That's what happened. That's how we, uh, the game kind of developed, so, but I do agree with you. We don't want to see James Harden, you know, Dwight in, in Houston era, but I, I'm not really worried about that just because so far so good, you know, no, I, I am. T- I'm telling you, against better teams, that's not going to work. It, like Again, James Harden is phenomenal. He can score what, with the best of them. But, again, we we take a lot of tough shots when it's isolation ball. And, obviously, we pay those guys because they can make tough shots in isolation. But we get wide open shots when we move the ball and when we just run plays. Just It's not even about ball movement. Just run some plays. Not, like I said, it's just that hardened, you know, dribbling between his legs for 15 seconds thing. That doesn't work. That does, like that does not work. You gotta you gotta run some pick and roll. You gotta run something because guys are gonna get wide open. Well, um, and, and like I said, I was work. at it I was at work. the game. It just doesn't work. At, you know, three times in a row. Just I, I disagree. It doesn't work. It totally works. It just doesn't work if you're gonna do that consecutively. You know. But, but, that's, but that's my point. If you're going to do that every time down the floor, we can't win like that. Oh, well, yeah. well, you're right. But we, I don't think we have to worry. When we lose a game because of that, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, that, that'll be the issue. But like that, that so far, so well, we good. Did. Well, we did. We lost game three because of that. That's why no, we, we lost game. We lost game three because Kai wasn't playing at, to his fullest and Jason Tatum had a career game. Yeah, we didn't lose game three because of Charles, game three. Again, why was that? Nobody got shots. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I was Whoa, at the game. dude. I watched that game. Kai got shots. He missed it. 
No, I understand that. What I'm saying is he missed some early. He was very, very, very passive. Uh, it was it was the James Harden and, and Kevin Durant show. And what I'm saying is, again, Bruce Brown had zero, two points. Blake Griffin had zero points. Joe Harris only had seven Blake points. Blake Griffin's been soft. Charles, hold on. No, Blake, I'm just saying. I wanted to, That's just me venting about Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin's been soft. Blake Griffin also, like, you know, dominated in game two. So we, so my, my point, but my point, I, again, Charles, I was at the game. I'm watching every single play. These guys didn't get, Joe Harris airballed two shots in a row. And I said, and everybody was like, oh my God, what's wrong with Joe Harris? I said, what do you mean what's wrong with Joe Harris? He hasn't had a shot since the second quarter. It was the fourth quarter when he aired, where he airballed two shots. That can't happen. That can't happen. Like, like KD said, and he's right. We're, they are a big 15 because those other guys have been killing it in their roles in terms of, especially because they know they're getting wide open shots. So they, they know, look, I'm going to get wide open shots, make them. They weren't getting shots because the, the, the shots weren't there because we were running, we were running ISO ball before with the big, well, really that game, the big two. Um, and then when Kyrie had, had shots, he was missing some as well. And yeah, I, I understand that he was missing shots. But my point is that doesn't mean get away from what works. Run your plays, get wide open shots, you're going to make them. That's what I'm saying. When, when If we think the big three are just going to score 90 points a game by themselves and, and, and just beat everybody, that's not going to ha- Again, especially against the better teams, that is not going to win us a championship. It's going to get us against the Celtics. I mean, especially I, with no Kemba, no Robert Williams, no Jalen Brown. Like, it's going to get against the Celtics. Brown is a concession. We were going to win regardless of Kemba and Robert Williams played. No, I understand that. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, it it works against the Celtics because the Celtics just weren't that good this year. Against Milwaukee, against Philly, against against, against whoever comes out the West, that is not going to win you a championship. We're, we're going to win when we're moving the ball around, when everybody is getting involved. And like I said, when our, when our others are getting wide open layups and three-pointers, because they will make them more times than not. Yeah, I'm, yeah I understand that there's going to be games where the shots just aren't falling. But in a seven-game series, I, I would guarantee you that there will be at least four games, if you're giving those guys wide open shots, that they will make their shots. And that makes the big three's job easier. Well, positive to that is you, we did see that in in game five, the elimination game. So I'm, I'm and that's what I'm saying. When we finally pulled away, that's what we were doing. Yeah, but it, but it was a close game for the first three and a half quarters because we were we were still kind of back and forth with our stagnant offense. We weren't doing it consistently. We finally just started giving Bruce Brown wide open layups and Blake Griffin wide open dunks and Claxton wide open dunks at the end of the game. Because we finally started running some some real plays. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Run some plays. I don't care what play you run. Just run something. What's your prediction for Nets Bucks as right as of right now? <clears throat> I, I, I'm gonna give Milwaukee some credit, man. I'm. I, we thought. I thought the Heat were gonna beat them. They they swept the Heat. Uh, Giannis is saying all the right things. Like you know, don't play with your food. Be ready. Uh, I'm gonna say this goes seven. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Brooklyn. I'm gonna take Brooklyn, but I think it might go seven. Brooklyn and six. That's what I think, and I'm giving. I want to give them respect. I think we can defend the Bucks better than some people are giving us credit for. That's the best way I can describe how I'm viewing this. Uh, how the Nets would win, because you know, saying the Nets lose this series, it's easy. Our front courts are weakness. 
the Greek freak goes Greek freak and has a career series, and that's how the Bucks win, right? But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Kevin Durant and Kyrie will be extra motivated against the Greek freak, and especially a James Harden, because that I think that's why subconsciously me and you are discussing how James Harden needs to stay focused and be the best point guard in the league because we know he has the talent to, to, to score. We know he has the talent to take over a game. So we need to just operate as a team and beat the Bucks as a team. We, we, they were a tough go in the regular season. I don't think it's going to be a tough, I don't think it's going to be an easy series. So, but like, I do see a way we win in five. I do. Uh, and for anyone that's doubting me saying that, I said, I see a way the Suns beat the Lakers. And here we are on June 2nd and Phoenix is up three, two just for context. So I I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. I'm staying positive as I have all season. I'm saying officially nets in six, hopefully sooner. Who knows? And it's a completely different conversation up in Boston right now. As you alluded to earlier, Danny Ainge has announced his retirement. Brad Stevens has been promoted to the president of basketball operations. And this is directly from NBA.com. So no rumors. This is what's going on. June 2nd, uh, Danny Ainge, the only Celtic in the team, 74 history to win championships as both as a player and general manager, announced today that he is retiring from his role as president of basketball operations. Brad Stevens, who has served as the team's head coach for the last eight seasons, has been promoted to the team's president of basketball operations. Ainge will continue to work with the team on transition planning through the upcoming offseason. A search for a new head coach will begin immediately. So 18 years he's been in Boston and it comes to an end, he really kind of hindered his legacy up in Boston by just hoarding those picks and not pull, you know, pulling the trigger on them. So good for us, bad for you. The Nets trade had yielded them two cornerstones uh, of their franchise and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So it's that trade can be viewed as a win for them. I think Nets fans will now view it as a win because somehow we got Sean Marks, a rebuild and three superstars out of the deal. So it's, it's quite an interesting day in the NBA after this Brooklyn Boston series. I agree. I would also, I would also, I, like I said, I've said this before. I would also include Marcus Smart in that. Marcus Smart uh, was also one of the picks they got. Oh, right, right. He was a swap. In a swap. And he's the heart and soul of that team. So I want to give him credit because he doesn't give enough credit because I know he's not the scorer that people, you know, that we, that we admire, but. No, he's a better version of Avery Bradley, in my opinion. And that's a compliment because Avery Bradley is an underrated player. Right, you know he, he, but he's the heart and soul of that team. He's the defender. He's the energy guy. He's their leader. And when he's hit, and, and trust me, when he hits it, he's like Draymond Green. When when he's hitting threes, they're almost unstoppable because it's like, well, damn, if Marcus Smart's going to hit, you know, we're we're good. And and he's like Draymond Green when he hits shot, the crowd goes but bonkers because that's how much they love him and that's how much they want him to be great. Um, but yeah, D- Danny Ainge. Uh, played himself. He really did. He really did. He felt that he was, um, 
you know, he he just he he was drinking his own Kool Aid a little bit too much toward towards the end of that run. Like you said, hoarding picks. Like you said, um, just really really just you know whipping it out and saying who's gonna kiss it. I I, I mean that's really what he did, and a lot of those trade talks. He could have had Jimmy Butler. He could have had Paul George. He could have had a lot of guys. Uh, he didn't want to do it. He he was sitting there saying, well, I'm not going to give you my best offer. I'm going to give you my C offer, knowing that my C offer is better than everybody else's A offer because he wanted to continue his legacy of swindling trade because he got the Nets and he got the Sixers. I mean, imagine if the Sixers had Jason Tatum right now. My Thank God. God. Thank God they don't. Thank God they do not. I mean, also, thank God the Sixers didn't make the trade for Harden, too. So, thank God. Right. So, at the end of the day, you know, he he got a little bit too, too big for his britches. And um, and even the Cavs deal, honestly, that was, a, that, was a, that was a hose because the Nets pick wasn't nearly as good as they thought it was going to be. IT was hurt. He never even – he barely played for the, for the Cavaliers. Um Cindy Osman, I mean, he's cool, but, uh, you know, he's not like a cornerstone player for them. If he's even still on the team, I don't know. Um, even so, even the Kyrie deal was a swindle by Danny Ainge. Um, and then they felt hurt because Kyrie didn't resign, which is even better because it's our pick and then he came to our team. That's just right. It just feels right. so good. I'm sorry. And that's what I'm saying. That 30 for 30, I need to be part of that ESPN. I'm sorry. Um, but, that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it was – that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to fleece people. And in a business where it's the good old boys club and in the business where you're supposed to be looking out for everybody or looking out for, you know, you know, it's, it really is a relationships business, just like most businesses are. And when people think that you're trying to hose them, they're going to stop working with you. So you saw some of the trades, you know, weren't coming in as much as they were before because people didn't want to talk to Danny Ainge because they felt like, no, he's just trying to make me lose my job. No, sir, I'm good. And so, you know, they got little trades done, but nothing major that really put the pieces together to make this team what it was supposed to be. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, uh, uh, karma is a thing. Uh, humble yourself at all times, people. You know what I mean? Make, uh, always remember you will be humbled if you will not hu- humble yourself. And, uh, you know, as Nets fans, we can rejoice because we've been the laughing stock for the last five years. We've been the team that Boston fans in particular keep pointing at the ha ha. Thank you for our team. We're going to win, you know, every championship imaginable and you guys are going to suck. And look, I'm not going to lie to you the way Jason Tatum was playing and he is only 22. He's going to get better. My goodness, they still have a chance to win a championship one, one year. I'm not going. I'm not going to say they're not. If they hire the right head coach, and Jason Tatum continues to develop, and Jalen Brown continues to develop, and they find better pieces to put around them, yeah, they they can definitely win a championship one year. I don't think it's going to be this dynasty that they thought it was going to be. I don't think they're going to be like the best team in the East for a while Um, with Philly, with Brooklyn, with Milwaukee. I don't think Boston will be unless they, unless they just come out of nowhere and make a huge trade. And again, Brad Stevens is stepping into this new GM type of role 
We don't know what he's going to do with that. Exactly. But we, I, I think it's safe to assume Brad Stevens wants to keep Brad Stevens wants to keep Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart, but who knows? But you're totally right. Jason Tatum is good enough to build a championship team around Jason Tatum to be the best player on said championship team. Um, real quick, before before we get out of here, I just want to say one thing more about the Bucks. Part of me believes that the Bucks are way too overconfident from sweeping this, uh, the Heat. I think them sweeping the Heat is going to be read into a lot more than it needs to be because the bubble was something different. I don't put an asterisk next to the bubble, so I'm not hating on the Heat for winning the Eastern Conference last year. But we don't know what would have happened if the season was regular and it wasn't like the Heat were favorites to come out of the East. So I think the Bucks avenging their loss to them meant a lot to Bucks fans, but since they swept them, they're going to be coming into the round two a lot more confident than I think they should be while the Nets seem very focused, like I, I don't know if other people feel the same way about the Nets as I do. I, I feel like a lot of the times last night, even they took their foot off the gas just to turn it back on again. So the playing with the food thing is ringing through my mind. I just feel like it's not even close. The, 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 the Bucks need to play perfect ball to beat the Nets. The Nets don't need to play perfect ball to beat the Bucks. What do you think? No, I agree with that. I agree with that notion. Like, like I said, my only issue is when we don't play, when we play ISO basketball against great defensive teams, we're playing into their hands. I understand we have three great individual one-on-one scorers, but like I said, we are unbeatable. I'm seriously unbeatable when we're moving when we're running plays and getting everybody involved because somebody is going to get a wide open shot every time, every time it's, it's impossible for it not to be a wide open shot because again, you have to stick to three guys when you have to stick to three guys and you have to double team three guys, somebody's going to be open. Um, so again, we're a better team. We should beat the bucks. You were absolutely right. They're going to have to play perfect ball. We're going to have to play terrible ball to lose, but that's my point. If we're going to, dribble up the court and run the whole shot clock down because one of our three guys is going ISO every time. Cause again, they got defenders. They have Giannis, they have Drew holiday. They have PJ Tucker. They have guys that could match up and at least pester our big three in a one-on-one situation. So not, you know, you're not going to stop anybody, but they have three guys that are going to pester our guys in a one-on-one situation. And so if our guys are inefficient in their scoring, and if our guys are scoring everything and the others aren't even getting involved, we're going to lose. I'm telling you now, we will lose that series. I'm telling you, we will lose that series. If we play the way we're supposed to play, then we can sweep them. Because again, every time down the floor, we will get wide open shots. Wide open shots. So then it's just a matter of if we hit them. But if we play the way we're supposed to play, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a sweep. Even if, even if it's a hard fought sweep, because I'm going to give Milwaukee credit because they are a very good team. But I'm telling you now, if we think we're just going to give it to James, Kyrie, and Katie and have them go one-on-one every time down the floor, we can mess around and lose this series. I'm telling you. If we play the way we could, the way we're supposed to play, we could sweep. It's just Amen. that. It's just Tell that. they can find you, bro. They can find me and never for Brett me, N-E-V-A underscore the number four, B-R-E-T-T underscore M-E on Instagram and Twitter. 
And we are at www.thedope.blog at the underscore dope blog on Instagram and at the dope blog, all one word on Twitter. I'm at not the Chuck D on all the socials. And I will be talking hella shit to Celtics fans for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Peace. Have a lucky day. <laughs> I'm ill. 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 I'm 